Welcome to Ape TV on Spotify. I'm your host, Chimp and Chip, the genius ape of BSC. With me today is Ben Gervais, co-founder of Keyfi. Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. And I appreciate your flexibility in getting this rescheduled. Um, I know we had a previous date and got it rescheduled. So I'm really glad we were able to sync up for this. Oh, yeah, no worries. I mean, uh, you know, with the way that things are in this uh, industry, um, you know, <laughs> things move fast and, you know, it's it's busy. So, yeah, right. absolutely. Every, every hour is different from every other hour. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. Yeah. yeah. So, so now that we're here, talk to me about Keyfi. What what is Keyfi? Sure. Um, so, uh, Keyfi, I guess there's a, f- a few different sort of portions that are involved here. Um, to take it sort of back originally, um, the idea came sort of uh, like okay. So previously, I was working at SelfKey, right? So SelfKey is uh, another crypto project that came out in uh, 2017 around there, um, and Basically, it's focused on identity infrastructure, so decentralized identity, uh, self-sovereign identity, um, you know, things like that. Um, so I was at the head of R&D at SelfKey uh, for a while there, um, and one of the uh, R&D projects that we started working on was um, basically looking at DeFi, right? Because, um, like, we, you know, I, I personally been using DeFi for a while. I've been using MakerDAO vaults since like 2018, probably still, right? Um, and especially at the very beginning of 2020, we started to really see it start to take off a bit. So, and some of the other platforms that were coming out, like, you know, we watched like Compound and Aave come out uh, originally still and um, started to build traction. Right. Uh, and so like, OK, so this thing is starting to get legs. Right. We're looking at the uh, the DeFi pulse index and uh, seeing like, OK, wow, it's like I think it was when it cracked a billion, like one billion. Um, we're like, OK, wow. So, OK, this DeFi thing is for real still. What could we do with that? Right. So um, obviously for self key, like from everything's done from an identity perspective. Right. Uh, so it has to do with like um, I say you know, uh, what kind of identity products could fit into that. Um, but I personally was more interested in just sort of DeFi in general, right? Uh, and the sort of opportunities it can give you, right? Um, you know, I'd done pretty well with um, sort of leveraging these MakerDAO vaults where I could borrow ETH, or sorry, I could deposit ETH and borrow DAI. Um, and, you know, you could create leverage positions with that even, right? Um, and it was a it, it, it really worked well when the market was going up, but it did not work so well when the market was going down still, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, you know, then we're looking at, oh, so like um, now you can like take something like when Compound came out, right? And, uh, and uh, you know, and the other DeFi platforms that, oh, okay, so I could flip that still. I could actually deposit you know, USDC or deposit a stable coin, right? And then borrow ETH, like just in case, you know, the market goes. So there's like all this, this, um, these different sort of options and more flexibility that was being created still. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, so we looked at like, okay, so how do you look at interest rates? How would you rebalance that? How would you calculate risk? So do like risk scoring on these different platforms because, you know, even then still from then until now, like there's always like, you know, hacks and exploits and, you know, issues, you know, with all these different platforms. So, you know, could we build something to mitigate that? So we built, um, we built two things. We built a rebalancer tool and we built a risk scoring tool. Uh, and, um, 
And those were just sort of like POC projects that were doing internally in self-key R&D. Uh, and then after that was done, um, you know, then we were also looking at sort of the self-key platform itself. It's like, okay, um, so self-key platform, there's like 6 billion tokens, but it's fixed supply, right? Can't mint anymore. Um, so it's like, what if we had a secondary token for that? And then there could be a fluid supply on that still. And then that would give us more opportunities to create some, you know, different token economic models, right? With the, with the secondary token that was more flexible. So it was actually originally coming from that. And then at some point along the line, along development there, we're like, okay, this can probably just be its own project. Um, and that's ended up what happening. So we took that and we built, uh, built a small MVP app uh, and we launched a token. Uh, we did liquidity mining on Uniswap. And then um, we've expanded the app uh, to have more integrations still. Um, we've launched a token on BSC and uh, on ApeSwap. Um, and then, yeah, when, then looking forward still, we have uh, a project called Keyfi Pro. And Keyfi Pro is really focused on leveraging data, AI, analytics, and automation um, in order to create sort of like an ultimate you know, DeFi experience still where you can uh, research, you can do um, uh, strategy design, uh, you can test your strategy, you can deploy it and monitor it still. Um, so it's really focused around something called uh, strategy still, right? Um, and yeah, that's so that's coming along. That's not yet released still, um, but the Keyfi core is released and the tokens out on two chains and it'll be, I think, going on Polygon next still. So that's kind of uh, where we're at in an extremely long-winded way. So thank you for <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that that's a it's a great it's a great all-encompassing uh, backstory that uh, you provided. So now, is is this still is there still a relationship with Self Key? Like, are these kind of like are, is there a close relationship, or is Keyfi completely splintered off from Self Key? Yeah. So um, basically, how that works is Self Key um, really helped kickstart the project. Um, but at this point, um, Keyfi is its own entity. It's its own, you know, individual startup project, you know, token, what have you. Uh, we, just, we work together still on um, one thing called credentials. So uh, right now you can stake the key token on uh, KeyFi and get earned KeyFi rewards, um, but you have to have a, um, a decentralized identity credential, right? So basically you have to go do an identity verification. Then we issue uh, you an on-chain credential that's referenced um, by the staking smart contract. Um, so that's one of the ways that we work together. Um, and then you know, we also have some other things that we're working on in the pipeline still. I uh, can't say much at this point, but yeah, we we do still continue to work together. Obviously, because SelfKey's focus is on identity, that's sort of where we we um, uh, dovetail is yeah. is on that. But um, yeah, other, otherwise, we're you know an autonomous project at this point. We've got our own team, and um, you know all of that. Perfect. So now, talk to you about the Keyfi app. What can I do in the actual Keyfi app? Okay, cool. Yeah. So um, there's two two apps. There's the Keyfi Core and Keyfi Pro, right? Um, so Keyfi Core is a very straightforward app still. It's um, it's a DeFi aggregator in, in one sense where it's able to integrate with different uh, DeFi platforms. So um, right now you're able to integrate, you're able to interact with uh, six different platforms on Ethereum. And then uh We've also started working on our Binance Smart Chain integration. So, um, 
we've uh, added the uh, network swap, obviously for staking, and then we have pancake swap and ape swap integrations that are due to be released quite soon. Uh, I think the rest of for BSC on the roadmap there, we have I think Beefy, uh, Venus, um, Belt, and like a few others still. Um, are you, are you still on the short gonna, term? Uh, given what happened with Belt, is that still something you're going to pursue? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, you know, take you know. Um, you're talking about the flash loan attacks, right? I think right. that's that's kind of like been an ongoing issue that they have, but I'm sure that if they do like a V3 or something, that could get sorted out or, or gotcha. okay. As far as I know, that's not an all-encompassing issue with their entire platform, but I think it's it's been like on certain pools or something. But yeah, that's frustrating for sure to see that happen to all these projects, but it's part of, I guess, the... Um, just the reality of being very early stage in all of this, yeah. right? You know, DeFi is not really that old when you think about it. <laughs> no, it, it real, realistically, like the, the commonality of exploits and hacks and all these different things, like that's always been in crypto. They just kind of wear different clothes over the years. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, but, you know, part of it is uh, it's kind of like, you know, forest fire where it's incredibly destructive uh, but the trees are, they kind of have built in protectants. So they get roasted, but their seeds are encompassed in shells and the fire opens them, it releases, and then the trees grow back and a new forest comes in. So I think that while all of these different exploits and flash loans and everything, they're, they're very hard, they're very painful, and they create a lot of problems for people. It, in the end, you know, in, in like a longer five, 10, 20 year uh, time frame you know, we will have figured out how to mitigate flash loans now, right? So that in five years, we don't have to really worry about that because we addressed it now. So it, it it's bad, but it's good because it, it makes the projects better. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, every everything right now in DeFi is kind of like beta, you know, use at your own risk. I think pretty much every project mentions that quite explicitly still, right? Um, right. But you have to go through this sort of these sort of growing pains, I guess, um, you know, and then you get to the point where if you have a system that's really stable, really solid. And we worked out most of these things at that point, you can feel more comfortable, say, bringing in like, you know, people's pension funds and stuff like that. Um, because when, when those type of investments come into DeFi, that's when, you know, things really change, you know, right now it's still being primarily driven by retail, you know, as much right. as, Anyone will want to tell you this narrative like, oh, the institutions are coming like, yeah, but like not really like, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, definitely like on a smaller scale. And yeah. I think we, we kind of touched on this in the BXBTC episode where, you know, there are some, you know, hedge funds that dabble in crypto and they like to kind of park their funds in certain spaces to make it look better. So um, it's not to the scale of, you know, uh, fidelity isn't rolling in pensions into <laughs> DeFi, right? Uh, but there is there is some some I don't know very small smaller interest from from TradFi, but I think that over time it it's going to grow quite a bit. And well, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, mean, I, hope, I hope it does. <laughs> well, the the thing that it really could be game changing for this is that. Um, it's the way that these interest rates are set up on DeFi and they're just, they're much more competitive, right? Um, if like, I look at like my, my bank in Canada or something, right? I'll get like maybe 1% interest on a savings account and then I'll pay like 22% interest on a credit card, 
right? So that's like, if you look at that compared to DeFi, it's like, you know, what's your, your borrow rate and what's your um, supply rate, right? Um, so if it's like one to 22 on a traditional one, and then, yeah, if I go on, you know, let's say I'll go on Aave or something, right? And it's like, I'll get 3.5% on deposit and then like 5.5% on borrow or something, right? So they're a lot more in line, I guess, yeah. with each other. Like there's not this huge like gouging still that happens with the traditional banks. So at some point they're just gonna be like, look, like, you know, as, and especially the more competitive deals that are like, you know, two digits, right? Um, right. If they can get a steady 15% yield on stable coins, like that's, that's really good. You know, it is really uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's fantastic. You know, uh, and then like, that's the thing, like the stable, the stable, stable LPs, they're essentially a savings account. And yeah, Depending upon the platform where you're funding that liquidity, you could potentially see three-digit APR. And yeah. yeah, it's full. I mean, it's just if you if you compare and contrast it to TradFi in like the banking sector, it's laughable. Like, <laughs> why why on earth would you transact in traditional finance? Uh, you know, if if you're if you're comparing the two, right? Um, there's this, I guess there's this idea that you're relatively protected and insured and secured in traditional finance, but I mean, at the end of the day, like these are the biggest criminal enterprises in the world, right? <laughs> like HSBC, every couple of years, they pay billions of dollars for uh, laundering money for cartels and criminal organizations. Right. right? J- like, yeah. JP Morgan, <laughs> they pay billions of dollars of fines for manipulating uh, metals markets, right? So like the idea that these people are like safeguarding you, it's just so foolish and, and childish. It's, it's very naive. Um, <laughs> But that's that's a big PR campaign, right? Because right. At, at this point, you look at like the majority of the population, right? Um, what do they see when they see crypto? They see Bitcoin going up and going down like crazy, like totally volatile, you know. At, and we're just getting to the point where most people know about Bitcoin, right? Um, you know, where you can go on the street and talk to somebody and yeah, odds are they will know what Bitcoin is, right? Or they will have heard of it at least still. Probably don't know how it works. Um, but you know, <laughs> well, um, they know they know it. it uh, it's the most polluting thing in the world. Yeah, right. Oh my God. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but not many people know what a stable coin is, right? Mm. So I think that's where you know that'll start to change when people get over the hump and you know start to understand beyond Bitcoin. You know what's a stable coin? Oh, so I can keep my money, you know, in you know ten earning ten percent. And it's not going to go down. It's not going to go up a lot, you know, but it's not going to go down. And like, that's at least it's protecting you from inflation, you know, but it's also protecting you from the the ups and downs, right? Which a lot of people, let's face it, they can't stomach that still, right? Like, um, because like most people are not, you know, switched on in the sense of like traders, right? Like, you know, to really sort of make it work with Bitcoin, you either have to have a super long you know, term perspective it's like okay i just don't care about my money for the next 15 years or something right um where it probably won't matter or you have to look at okay what's my uh, my timing am i timing the market correctly right what's my entry point right you know am i gonna hit a good entry point and then and then you eventually you essentially just become a trader you know at that point right, <laughs> right, right. you know uh which most people don't have time for like you know they're they're working jobs they got families right but if you give them a stable coin with 10 percent interest like everybody can jump on board with that still as long as it's you know safe and secure and you bring in these like um 
you know, like Nexus Mutual, right? The um, yeah. insurance and stuff uh, that to cover your deposits and things like that. Yeah, and it's going to be great to see kind of the DeFi landscape fill out um, with all of the different like TradFi, you know, securities, protections, insurance, and those types of things. So, you know, there's there's a, a long road ahead of us, nonetheless. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. um, so it's exciting. It's just it's super exciting to be here building it out right now, and I'm sure you feel the same. Yep. Never a dull moment. <laughs> so, okay. So now we're going to have uh, PCS and ApeSwap integrated into the KeyFi app, right? And so when those are integrated into the app, I will be able to harvest my farms and harvest my stake pools all within the KeyFi app. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and now the KeyFi core app, um, you know, those are just sort of like basic integrations, basic UIs. You know, the whole point in there is to just, um, you know, give somebody a relatively more convenient way to interact with DeFi, right? Um, yeah. You know, some, also there's another level where um, we keep our UI fairly, um, like, I guess, like clean and there's no memes, no, like none of the fun stuff, I guess, <laughs> you know, like yeah. uh, with, with most of that, um, which I, I think is fine. And I think it definitely appeals to um, the younger generation, especially still, right? Who maybe don't have any preconceived notions about what, you know, uh, quote unquote investing is. Um, so I think that works really well. Um, but for us, we want to keep it sort of like um, a bit sort of uh, neutral, I guess, with the with the design there. So people can go in and, you know, and they're not necessarily looking at the um, the branding, but they're just looking at, you know, the interactions that they could do. But then it gets a lot more interesting when you bring it into Keyfi Pro, um, because in Keyfi Pro, basically what you can do is you can build a strategy, right? Um, so you can take all these different integrations and the different um, actions you can do, and we put them into groups, right? So um, so you have a strategy, and then inside of your strategy, you have groups of actions, right? Um, so let's say my first group is, has an, um, is like my setup group, right? So that way I'm going to, you know, take some BNB and I'm going to swap it out for, you know, three different coins or something. Right. So that'll be like the, that first thing. And it's kind of, kind of acts like a checklist, I guess, of different actions that you're doing. And then my second one would be to like um, sort of manage that. So I could have um, like harvest rewards, you know, harvest rewards from this, from that. And then what do I do with those? Once I harvest them, do I want to you know, I'm going to swap half into another coin and then put them back into the LP or, you know, do I want to diversify into like my next group, right? So you can basically take all the different actions that you could do with the different integrations, different assets, different platforms, even different chains, right? Uh, and then um, sort of organize what all the different steps are uh, in terms of uh, what your strategy is and, and basically create one because there's not really any tool out there that helps you cohesively create a strategy, Um so, so there's that, and that's sort of how the the integrations work hand in hand with that strategy builder, um, you know, and help you monitor your strategy, manage your strategy. Um, yeah, and then that also hooks up into our uh, research dashboard. So research dashboard is basically taking in all these different data points because, you know, we collect a lot of data on the back end um, to do our, uh, the training for our AI models um, and basically gives you access to, to all that data. Um, and helps you either, you know, find more things that are similar to what your portfolio has, or maybe helps you diversify out of things that you already have in your portfolio, or just, you know, find totally new things or, you know, whatever you want to do, right? Um, so having that sort of research dashboard, a couple of strategy manager monitoring um, makes, you know, Keyfi Pro a very, very powerful tool still. So. 
Yeah, it seems like it. And um, I, I like that there's the differentiation, right? So like if you want to come in and use the basic level of the surface uh, service, it's there for you. And if you want to dive a little bit deeper, you can do that too. That's great. Um, how will people pay for the pro service? Is it going to be like a staking feature or? Yeah, exactly. So that's, um, there's, there's going to be multiple options basically when that launches out. But um, if you stake Keyfi, uh, you'll get access. If you, and then you will have also options for pay by crypto or also pay by credit card. Mm, nice. Very nice. And uh, I kind of wanted to circle back to your UI comment. Uh, the app, it actually, it looks like my credit union app on my phone. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and so for, for like the younger generation, like if they were to use this on, on their phone or even, you know, through uh, desktop, uh, I mean, it looks like a, it looks straight up like a banking application. Yeah. And that's kind of the point, right? You know, um, we just want it to be sort of like a comfortable, intuitive, you know, familiar type of experience still. And that, um, yeah, it doesn't, um, it's not polarizing. That's the, that's the idea is to not be polarizing, you know, yes. um, whereas like a lot of, a lot of like the meme stuff, people either like love it or they think it's stupid still. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I like it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm into it still. Uh, but I know that there's definitely a, a portion of the population. Again, I think it, it, it leans older in that sense still. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the, of course there's the bell curve. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, <what> I mean. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's different strokes for different folks. I mean, right. I think that if you're interacting in like a, uh, you know, I, I would call KeyFi somewhat of a more complex, like financial instrument, right? And so like, if you're dealing in a complex or kind of a higher, higher structure of finance environment, you, mm -hmm. you, you wouldn't want that kind of like jokes or mm -hmm. funny aspects. Mm -hmm. Now the tokenomics. Um, how, so are all of the tokens minted? Are you guys minting them as they come along? How is this working between Ethereum and BSC? Do you have a bridge? Can you talk to me about the tokenomics a bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, the tokenomics, basically when we first started it, um, we just basically wanted to be flexible, right? Um, yeah. so to a degree, uh, obviously. So what's happened with that is that. When we first launched it, we put minting restrictions on. So we said there couldn't be any new tokens minted for two years. Uh, and we first only launched on Ethereum. Um, and then we cloned that contract onto BSC and um, moved a million tokens. So there was a governance vote um, that happened with the with the ERC-20 tokens um, in order for us to launch on BSC still. So now that that's happened, um, we are looking at doing a bridge still, but there are some issues in terms of how to maintain the exact supply between the two chains. Um, so basically, um, until those minting restrictions are lifted, we can't um, just mint and burn the exact amounts on each chain that we would want and you know enable for a free flow there. So because ultimately, like when we first made the token, we didn't really think that it would, you know, the cross chain stuff would happen so fast. So <laughs> right, we, right. Like we're like, oh yeah, that'll like you know that'll take off in like a year or something, or 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 in a couple of years or something. But yeah, it was like two weeks later or something. Like, oh my god! <laughs> so um, it's it's really really started to move quickly in that respect. Um, but in that case, you, you know, in, in spite of that, we are still committed to a bridge. Um, so we've been looking at some different options as a, as a stopgap, and one of them I mentioned um, 
uh, I think a couple of weeks ago. So I made a, a, an update video was about um, doing something called a transporter where we just set, um, you know, a set number of tokens and allow people to move from uh, ERC-20 to, um, to the BEP-20 um, token. Um, but that's, that's theoretical at this point. I mean, there, we are playing around with some other options as well too. Um, but nothing is 100% concrete on that. So uh, outside of the cross-chain stuff, the, the way that the rest of the, um, I guess the token econo economic model works is um, we have liquidity mining um, and single asset staking. So those are two things that are available on uh, to earn KeyFi tokens. Um, then we have a mo uh, I've, I've explained in detail sort of what's uh, meant to happen with the fees. And basically, um, there's like part of the fees are burned, um, part of the fees are used to seed new liquidity pools, and part of the fees are used for um, by doing KeyFi token buybacks on the market to um, reseed the rewards pool. Uh, and then as part of the fees are sent to the dev pool. So, so there's, um, I guess, yeah, four, four or five different sort of options that happen there still. Um, I've written a blog post that has that all in, in more detail, but that's sort of in a nutshell how that works. Perfect. And then, is, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Is the, is, the blog, is the blog post on keyfi.com? Yeah, I mean, if you go to keyfi and then click on blog and it goes to medium and yeah, you'll be able to Perfect. find it. Um, but this is really all leading up to sort of our, our I guess, flagship smart contract product, um, which is again, not yet released still, but it's called uh, K tokens, right? So how that works is um, basically we'll be, we'll be phasing out all the single asset staking, you know, we'll keep the, um, the liquidity mining rewards going, um, but we'll phase out all the single asset staking and people will stake single assets. And then that will go into a, um, a pool that has a strategy. So the strategy is actually, um, defined by um by machine machine learning models and you know data and algorithms right cool. um so it's not it's not a human developed strategy it's going to be you know robot <laughs> developed strategy um so base basically um like i'll give you an example of one let's say we give the strategy the objective to find the highest yield uh using only stable coins and let's say using a risk factor that's like low right? A low, low risk factor. So that would like cut out any high risk platforms and, you know, cut out anything that's not a stable coin, cut out any stable coins that are too high risk, right? So just, you know, stick with the, you know, quote unquote blue chips, right? Um, let's say you give that as the parameters, right? Then the, basically the AI will take the ones that qualify there, look at the historical data and then come up with an allocation for that basket, um, you know, to decide, okay, we're going to put, you know, um, 80% into, you know, Wi-Fi, you know, V2 diet pool or something, and then 20% into Aave or something or, or whatever, like whatever it ends up spitting out based on the historical data and all the other different um, data inputs still. Right. So, I mean, that can include, you know, sentiment analysis and uh, you know, a lot of other, you know, you know, price volume action, like all, all kinds of stuff. Right. So, um, you know, maybe like price volume action of the platform, not of a stable coin, right. Cause it's stable coin, obviously is staying stable. So, um, yeah, so basically it goes through that and then um, that strategy is presented to the community and then the community would vote on that. So they would, you know, KeyFi token holders would have a governance vote based on the strategy and be like, yay or nay, right? And then if it passes, 
then that would get implemented into a smart contract. And then people would be able to go ahead and deposit their funds into that smart contract. And then the smart contract would allocate that into those DeFi platforms. And um, this, there'd be no fees on that uh, except for the, the yield that comes back still, right? So there's no deposit fee or withdrawal fee. It would just be um, like, a, like a management fee that would come out sure. of the yield of the pool still, right? So I think it, uh, it's a pretty fair way to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's sort of, that would be open to everyone. That's not only KeyFi Pro users. That would be open to in the KeyFi Core app as well. So that, that's really cool. Um, as you describe that, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, and I'm like, this is really cool. Like, this is how um, humans can kind of team up with the ML and AI to really kind of like drive it forward. So I'm really excited to see that roll out. Do you have any idea on when um, that will be out or when it'll be beta or when you know, along those lines? Yeah, I, you know, that's like the number one question that everyone asks is just like when 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 the reality is is that there are a lot of things to take into consideration um uh-huh. you know um one it, these things have to pass like our internal legal reviews right so we have mm-hmm. um uh you know lawyers who come in and look at this and they're like oh my gosh you cannot do this because this 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 and this and then we're like right. oh come yeah. on guys please like you know and then we try and strike a bargain you know <laughs> Yeah, I, how, I mean, how do the yeah? So the how do the lawyers see this? Are they saying that the ML is like a fiduciary? Because it seems like they would potentially interpret it that way. Yeah. So I mean, like this is this is sort of why I've um, been explaining to him is like, look. So one, you have you know, it, it's data driven, right? Uh, it's you know, it's algorithmic. It's not a person deciding. But then this, that's why I've also um, said like, listen, look, if the community decides it, like as as a group of token holders, so then it's like you know, is that enough to claim sufficient decentralization, right? right. Um, because I think that is one of the strong sort of like defense points um, in terms of like not getting screwed. Um, so yeah, we have, it's, there's nothing guaranteed because this whole area is so like such a gray area, you know, across yeah. the board, but we kind of have like, you know, a layer of like, um, you know, sorry, different layers of defense there still that before we want to release something. And now, and now this is a very important point for, for everyone to take home, right? Like governments, lawyers, people that want to control what you do, how you do it, when you do it, all they do is inhibit everything. They're, they prevent innovation. They stop it from going forward. And there's no reason for them to even really be involved, right? Like, I understand why Ben is reaching out to a lawyer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because this is the nature of our society. But the reality of it is, like, a lawyer shouldn't even be involved in this. And it sucks that we're at, you know, that this is how society is, right? Because yeah. Ben and his team, they can't innovate to the 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 bounds that they want to because they are restricted from, you know, law and uh, it sucks. It sucks, man. And like, we, we, we got to find a way to remove these people that hold us back because that's all it amounts to. And like, if you're one of the, the, one of these people that likes to exert control and prevent people from chasing their dreams. Like I have no time for you. And, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, I, I really, I really hope that we can kind of get, get past that. The gatekeepers, right? Everywhere you yeah. look, there's gatekeepers. You can't do this. You can't do that. Well, no, the reality is you're free. You're a free human being and you can do whatever you please. And yeah. if it doesn't hurt anybody and if it makes people's lives better, then more power to you. 
And I think that's, that's really where we should be drawing the line. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't see any particular issue about the concept of a gatekeeper so long as what are they actually, you know, protecting. So, right. Um, so for example, let's say if I want to go out and design an airplane or something, right. Um, you know, there are all these like engineering standards that exist out there, you know, and safety protocols, right. Because they don't want me to build a shitty airplane and right. uh you know um and you know that crashes or whatever right uh, and it's all, all essentially it's kind of getting to the same point with these smart contracts right like you need to sort of treat them um with the same level of respect as something that's like you know a safety critical you know engineering project um so in that sense you know i think we you know could do with some more you know of um you know, maybe, maybe standards and, you know, um, formal verification processes, um, you know, on the smart contract side still. Um, but on the flip side of that too, it, there are way too many restrictions, you know, that right. don't necessarily have anything to do with protecting people, but they're more like protecting the interests of existing institutions or, you know, existing power brokers or something. Right. Um, so we're just protecting them. Why, you know, like we're stifling oh. innovation. Why? <laughs> because you know? they bought the protectors, you know, yeah. like they you know. bought the gatekeepers <laughs> and rolled them out to make sure that they didn't have to, to, to carry the water, you know, or get their hands dirty. Like they paid yeah. people to do that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, like like standardization and, and safety checks. And I mean, I think that that, that stuff's a bit uh, kind of separate from the overzealous nature of things like the bit license, right? Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. You know, like what? <laughs> like it's just so it's so crazy and nonsensical that it's just like, why would you ever do this? Like who, who really thought this was a good idea? Um, but, you know, they're, they kind of we're, we're, we're on different lengths, right? <clears throat> like my, myself, like I, I don't want to control people and prevent them from pursuing things. So I can never really process that mindset. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, definitely, definitely an interesting, interesting things that are happening there with the whole idea of moving the ability to exchange value outside of the control of governments mm, and into yes. this, you know, decentralized model. It's fascinating it is it is and, and that's that's the the meat and potatoes of it man i love that part um so okay so you guys kicked off on ethereum um yep. talk to me about the decision making on when you decided to pivot to a new chain and why you chose bsc right so it was like uh community driven they were like hey we demand lower fees you know <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then that was that was that was obviously the main thing, and the rest of it, it was like, okay, cool. Uh, you know, we still use Solidity for smart contract development. We're still using Web three. You know, a lot of the technology is the same. Um, you know, it's just lower fees, and that was that was obviously that was the big deal there. Um, right. You know, people didn't want to pay a hundred dollars to make a swap. You know, <laughs> like um, I still don't. It still drives me nuts that uh, how expensive Ethereum is, though. Right? That is. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very expensive. And look, I've mined Ethereum and at no point did I ever do anything that would warrant you paying me a hundred dollars for a transaction. I promise right. you. Yeah. I, I didn't do anything that warranted that. <laughs> maybe maybe a nickel, maybe 10 cents, you know, like maybe for your single transaction, maybe that's the most I would ever really want, right? But when you're starting to pay five hundred or a thousand for a transaction, like, oh my God. 
Yeah, and it really killed like what was happening with DeFi because when you have these um, these smart contracts that do like batch transactions, right? And they're interacting with like five or six different platforms and, you know, they have like, you know, 10 transaction grouped into one. I mean, those are literally costing like a thousand dollars from those smart contracts mm-hmm. this one time, right? And it just, um, and then like also the composability layer. Like if I have to, you know, do a swap and then a deposit this, a deposit that, and then plus all the approved, you know, calls too, like, like $20 just to approve, you know, like really Mm -hmm. annoying. So so all that, all that adds up real quick. I mean, if I look at how much I've spent like on gas fees on Ethereum, like I would cry. Yeah. Just just don't. Just like curl up into a ball. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't. And like for the people that have been, for the people that entered Ethereum before the 2020s, right? Like, the gas cost and the transaction cost might be a little bit more palatable because the dollar value of Ethereum matters much less to them than the actual Ethereum value, right? Like if you have a gigantic stack of Ethereum that you've had for years, spending 0.03 or 0.04, or it's not that big of a deal, um, you know, even 0.1 for some. <laughs> but uh, for, the, for the people that just got into it, right? Like let's say I just bought Ethereum yesterday on Coinbase and I want to go into Uniswap and I got a hundred bucks and I go to Uniswap and I'm like, I can't do anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this sucks, you know? Like why do people like this stuff? And so that's it, it, a big disconnect. Yeah. Um, so have you guys have the Kefi users, have they been happy with the move over? I know that BSC isn't integrated into the platform yet. Um, but how does the community like the move? Yeah. Um, so again, I think every, everyone's happy with the fees there, but once you do one thing, then everyone's just asking when next thing still. So they're yeah. like, Oh yay, that's done. When bridge, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's hilarious because it'll be weeks or months of win feature, win feature, win feature, the feature yeah. comes out. Win feature B, win feature yeah. B, <laughs> and, and it's like okay, great. Now that that's not now that that's live. Let's what's next? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. So uh, I I won't ask what chains are next. I won't I won't ask that question. Um, so okay, you got a roadmap. What what are some highlights or some things coming up over the next six twelve months that you're looking forward to? Sure. So absolutely. The the big thing that we're pushing on is um, Keyfi Pro. So um, we're going to launch a private, like sort of closed beta testing version of that, um, like pretty soon. So um, and basically that's going to be open to um, only Keyfi token stakers. And also it's going to be open to credentials holders. So anyone who got a, an identity credential, like one of the self-key identity credentials, um, you know, from our, our V1 staking, if you have one of those, you'll also be able to access it. So, um, and then that, that private closed beta is going to go for a while. We're going to get some feedback from our community, um, you know, and, uh, you know, do a f- several iterations probably on that. Um, and yeah, then I think when we'll actually open up the beta to the public, I'm not sure. Probably, I think it'll probably go through at least a month of closed beta still, but um, you know, we'll see. Uh, and then the K tokens, that's the, that's the other big thing that's coming too. So um, obviously one of the issues with um, that we are facing there in terms of building uh, AI models is the just kind of a lack of historical data because DeFi has just not been around that long, right? So, right. you know, we only might have like a, you know, a year of like interest rate data, let's say, you know, for example, right? Um, or less in some cases. So, um, 
so basically we're working on ways to supplement um, that data with other data points and, uh, you know, reworking the models so that um, it takes it takes that additional data into account. And, you know, because the more data that you feed a machine learning model, you, the better the um, uh, the output's going to be still. Right. So that is um, that is the other the other uh, focal point there. And then, uh, you know, in addition to that, just building out the rest of the infrastructure um, that's associated with that still. Yeah, it seems like you guys could never stop working, right? Yeah. Like with, with all the integrations <laughs> and all the different platforms and stuff, it seems like you could work for 100 years and it'd still be going. So Yeah, yeah. I need uh, need like, I don't know, 12 more developers, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah th those aren't easy to find. Uh, no. So, you know, it, it's kind of funny, like with the ML AI thing, I wonder what an AI who only looked at one minute charts on PooCoin like, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what that AI would produce, you know, like, there'd probably be some pretty good, <laughs> be some pretty interesting reads on that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So anything, anything else you'd like to say then? Anything else? To add? Um, no, it's been a pleasure. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely keep an eye out for those things. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll be bringing in the ApeSop integration into the, uh, the Keyfi core app, uh, you know, relatively soon still um, right now we're just, we're reworking some of the, um, the way that we're fetching balances and, uh, and managing that uh, into a new API. Um, so probably once that's done, then we'll be able to release the, um, the integrations there and um yeah then people will be able to you know swap and uh and farm um you know directly within the app there which i think will be pretty Perfect. cool yeah i know the apes are excited for it um <laughs> from the moment that we teamed up and kind of announced kefi and ape swap uh, everybody's been waiting so you, you got some <laughs> eager apes waiting to get over there nice <laughs> awesome well thank you so much ben it's been a pleasure um i really appreciate it for anyone interested keyfi.com go check it out you can trade for it on apeswap and uh ben i wish you the best and have a great day awesome thank you so much thank you thank you apes you have a great day as well